Good morning, everyone. We welcome you to our Saturday morning Bible study. We're so glad you could join us. Uh, we're recording today from the North Star Cottage, and it's a beautiful autumn day in New Jersey, and we have Luann here visiting us from the North Country. So we welcome you all, and we will begin with our quote. All right, I'll be reading from an excerpt from Precepts by Gilbert Carpenter. Quote, the Bible consists of that which came to man from God, recorded down through the ages. Therefore, it would be permissible to call whatever came to man from God the Bible. For it is for this very reason that Mrs. Eddy was justified in linking science and health with the Bible, because the former is the present-day revelation of God to man. Science and health is like a spade which, when thrust into the garden of the Bible, breaks up the crust that has been formed down through the centuries and enables it once more to put forth the rich spiritual fruitage that it is capable of growing. The Bible has a background of centuries of human history, but its pith and essence is the spiritual teaching apart from any history. It is the science of God and man which was revealed to man. Thus, each student has his chance to continue the unbroken chain of the Bible and to contribute to it, since it is necessary to record that God is talking to his children in every age. End quote. Thank you. Okay, come. <laughs> I like the fact that God is talking to all of us everywhere, in every age. Nice and very much. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and I like that it's important that we recognize that there are some people who get his message a little more clearly than others. <laughs> you know. And to appreciate those who get his message. Yeah better than others because oftentimes they are the ones who are ostracized by society, right? The prophets. The prophet is not welcome in his own town. So we need to be very careful, don't we? Yeah, we all need to be very careful. Our spiritual sense. Um, Jeremy, tell them about the fake, what was it called? Oh, the deep fake? Deep, deep, deep fake. Yeah, the, the um, deep fake is a technology that's been coming out. And what it basically is, it allows um, artificial intelligence on the computer to map known people's faces and voices and then somebody else could film a video of themselves giving a speech or whatever, and it will change the face to look like the face of whomever you want. Tom Cruise is a lot of <laughs> what's on there. But it also changed the voice. And it's getting to the point where it's so seamless that um, it's quite difficult to tell. And, and one thing about it is, um, 
certain things like Bitcoin and those type of cryptocurrencies required a lot of uh, a lot of like processing power and and special graphics cards to do the work, but they're changing the way because they're trying to make it so people aren't taking that stuff and using so much energy all the time. But those things are what people use for for the deep fake. So those things will be free now to do this kind of thing. So I feel like it'll be ramping up as well. So definitely need our spiritual sense working. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy sent a video of it. There was, you know, a, a politician making a speech that he, he wasn't making, but it looked just like him. And sounded like him. And sounded like him. So this is where uh, it will deceive even the very elect. And this is where you must have your spiritual sense operating. Nothing else will get you through these times um, but your spiritual sense. So thank you very much. Uh, we, uh, we've known this. I mean, Jeremy's been talking about this for a while, that they, they could do this. But this was a certain video that was. Well, additionally, too, there's something else. Is, uh, some of these AI programs are are created to take in the, the text and the writing style of certain people and then like pump out other stuff that sounds like them. So having our printed books for resources was a very good thing mm. this time. Thank you, so. yes. Yes, it is. Um, have everything backed up on paper and, and yeah, having the original Carpenter books and we're not tampered with the original ones. But to get back to this quote, I always think of it, I call it the golden thread. It's gone through throughout all history, and it's, it's here now, it's going on now. It's a golden thread of, of, the, of the Bible, of the, the truth of the Bible, the teachings of God, uh, however they come, through, through whoever, whomever they come. And we certainly had them with the prophets and Christ Jesus, Mary Baker Eddy, and of course the apostles, the disciples. And, you know, I felt strongly it's gone in, in the founding of our country. Those were good Christian men hearing the voice of God, enabling us to get some semblance of freedom, which we're still working on, and coming through whoever voices it now. It's a golden thread. It cannot be stopped. I think that's the main point, is that it continues. You know, this topic is God talking to his children. And thank God the Bible is not God talking to his children locked up in history. It's something that's continuous and happening. Yeah. And, you know, we did this last thing that Jeremy mentioned, like, my gosh, where's our salvation? Well, our salvation is in our spiritual sense. God talking to us. And nowhere else, way I can see it, this is the ultimate of deception. It's the ultimate of deception. It's interesting, the other day I had a paper on my desk and it was turned the other way and I, I just looked at it and I thought it said solution, but it said salvation. But I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> it's the same thing. It's a solution to, to our problems. So. <laughs> We got to work out the solution to all this. That AI stuff reminds me of the 
the war of the worlds when they first come over to broadcast over the radio and stuff and then the more the more it went on people just were taking it all in and they yeah. were you know hiding and they thought these aliens were coming down and, and the whole world was <clears throat> being bombed and everything and and it was just a radio broadcast all oh, right that's right mm -hmm. Yeah, Orson Welles. Yeah, Orson Welles. That was a long time ago. So a lot of people just got caught right up in it and uh, just subtly came on and started telling this story. Even at the beginning, he said it was just a story. But if you missed that part and you started listening, you got caught up in it. And it's the same thing with all this stuff on the computer, a lot of the stuff on YouTube and Facebook and all that stuff. You know, it's got people running scared, and it's not even true. Yeah. And it's difficult to lives and be focusing on other things. That's right. Well, I mean, we know it was a technique of, of the Nazis as well, all this deception, false news, fake news. And um, the communists and communists, the socialists. Yep, it's propaganda. That's why Mrs. Eddy started the Christian Science Monitor. Okay, anybody else on this? I yeah, I have there um, in 500 watching points, watch number 183, it says um, the Bible and science and health are inspired books. Their ultimate purpose is to lead students to dig for the spiritual and underlying meaning of their teaching. Since in this way, students not only gain understanding, but develop spiritual sense, which in turn enables them to gain their own inspiration directly from God. Um, it's not where she says also, um, that it's not, the Bible and science and health are not an end in themselves. And it's it's a way for us to be, spir our, our thought to be spiritualized so that we can ourselves get the inspiration directly from God. And I found that very helpful. That is very helpful. Thank you. Yes. And when you work it, you work it, you get it. You start to feel, you You just hear God's voice. and You can't be misdirected by false prof prophets or false anything, deceitful news. You'll know in your heart what's true. It also points to individual responsibility because, you know, People will do things and they'll justify them because they said, oh, I heard somebody else say this, so that's why I'm doing it. No, well, that's not a good reason. <laughs> no, I, this is, I think this is why he says each student has his chance to continue the unbroken chain of the Bible and to contribute to it. Since it is necessary to record that God is talking to his children in every age. Thank you. That's why we record so much of all that we do, you know, and we have it in recordings and also in, in paper. Forum, things you all write, our testimony meetings. We have it in the Liberator, the news, the newsletter. This is being recorded. So. And you can actually come and see us, and we're real, and the church is real. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. We're not, yes, we're not at something. Yeah, Luann can testify. I had to come down to make sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she, she did years ago. She came down to make sure we were real. Yeah, I did. Well, that took courage on her part. 
<laughs> okay. All right, Linda. So as Bruce said, the topic is God is talking to his children. Um, as far as the Bible readings, uh, that hasn't changed. And then, uh, so we'll go right into the questions. And now we're starting the visions. And the first question was, what is the lesson of vision one? Okay, maybe we can take it, you know, verse by verse sort of a thing. Or... Okay. Anyone want to begin? Or Gary, you want to read the verses? And he can take us to the part that we were going to leave off from. I have in my notes about the green is emerald and the rainbow, which is in Revelation 4.3. That's right in the beginning of our readings. Yeah, that's just interesting. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, Revelation 4, starting at the beginning. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be thereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. So what have we got here? Well, I was just thinking about the beginning of it, you know. Um, John, he worked so long to purify himself and be really clear so that he could be ready to receive all this, just like that's, that's amazing. Well, it starts with a door opened in heaven. And we know that heaven yeah, is a I love what I read in Grazer. It said the meaning of this verse, and I was seized with a powerful mental impulse, which awakened me to a new and higher vision, giving promise of a foreknowledge of future development. And somewhere I read how heaven, the, the door meant heaven. And, and it also referred to the Lord's Prayer. Uh, I could say, our Father, which art in, let's see, what is it? Consciousness. In, um, consciousness. Our Father, which art in consciousness. The heaven is consciousness. Um, a door was opened in heaven, my consciousness. Our Father, which art in consciousness. I thought that was really, I thought that was really neat, but. Yeah, the door is the is the door to our consciousness, our opening our thoughts to receive the inspiration and the message. Thank you. I, I didn't I didn't find any better, clearer explanation of that than Kratzer's. It's scientifically correct. Um, yeah, because how how far is that from where you are? <laughs> right. <laughs> everyone everyone has it available to them. As yeah. as as Florence said in the beginning, everybody everywhere, no one excluded, your consciousness is the open door to heaven. If you keep it open, what would keep it shut? Yeah. That's why I think the books, 
the message to the churches had a lot of repentance in there to be clear of all these things so that you can be clear in in spiritual sense and seeing what God is revealing. Thank you very much. That's right. It kind of leads up to this clarity of thought, of a free conscience. You've repented, you've you've, changed, changed, yeah, pound and purpose, so that you're ready. I mean, isn't that thrilling, really, to enter into heaven? I, I think of it a lot. I do. We shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's heaven on earth. And it's in the lesson this week. Stay in the consciousness of you of God all the time. All the time. And and that thank you. And that because that is our oneness. That is our oneness to stay in that consciousness. And that, you know, I just loved Florence's readings Wednesday because that's what that was about. That in knowing, yes. True prayer is is your oneness with God. It's living the science. It's not just pulling some chain when you're in trouble. Anyone else on the open door of heaven and and then the various stones? I thought that was interesting too. I read one of the citations that he uh, puts next to the different uh, uh, writings uh, Tomlin sent. He he refers you to different, and one of them was from people I people's idea of God, and it's by Mary Baker Eddy, and it says. Let us rejoice that the bow of prom. Let me start again. Let us rejoice that the bow of omnipotence already spans the moral heavens with light, and that the more spiritual idea of good and truth meets the old material thought like a promise upon the cloud, while it inscribes on the thoughts of men at this period a more metaphysical religion founded upon Christian science. End quote. And Thank you. I thought that was really beautiful. The moral heavens and fans thought, and this is what it is about. This is about Christian science. All this um, revelation is pointing to what we have. And uh, I keep, I kept coming upon the uh, through all this reading that it is all about practice, like you said. It's what you're doing. You're demonstrating. Just. Uh, I think it's easy to get caught up into, you know, this number and that number and this symbol and that, but what it's really boiling down to is living right. the science of oneness. Yes. Yeah. Well, and yeah, we need to remember that it, if, if this is a true revelation, and it is, then it is, it is based on the science of Christianity. And, there, and it is perfectly consistent with the science of Christianity, and it can only be interpreted by the science of Christianity. And number two, I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Not two or three or four, but one sat on the throne. This is at a time when a lot of people around the world worshipped more than one God, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But this this is saying, no, there is only one God in heaven, period. I mean, at the time it was radical. 
I mean, even today, it would be disputed by a lot of people who make a god out of medicine or drugs or pe other people. Mm -hmm. I like this was what a commentary said that the throne was what first impressed John, and it was the centerpiece of the, vis the vision. The bottom line of atheism or materialism is that there is no throne. There is no seat of authority or power that the entire universe must answer to. The bottom line of humanism is that there is a throne, but a man sits upon it. Essentially, man cannot live without the concept of a throne, a supreme ruler, so if man dethrones God, he will in inescapably pace, place himself or some other man upon the throne, perhaps a po political leader, as was in the case with the dictators of Lenin, Stalin, and Mao. And one sat on the throne. The, th the throne is not empty. There is someone who sits on this great heavenly throne the throne is a powerful declaration of not merely God's presence, but of his sovereign rightful reign and his prerogative to judge. And that was one of the things with the symbols of those, uh, was the jasper and the sardine. Yeah, yeah. One, one represented um, many hued the majesty or glory of God and the other was the red one was God's justice and the rainbow it can symbolize of course we know covenant and also as the ceasing of a storm and rest after conflict and this is all Kratzer I'm quoting from and the emerald or the green is um, the most restful to the eye anyway um, we can't think rightly about much of anything until we settle in our mind that there is an occupied throne in heaven and the God of the Bible rules the throne. Mm -hmm. While there might be differing interpretations, the fundamental truths are self-evident. At the center of everything is an occupied throne. Now, this is, and this is the challenging challenges that are going on today. Because there are people, the secular world thinks that man is going to, the humanism, man's going to answer the problems. But those who believe in, in God and the Christ know that he must reign supreme. If there's any battle going on in any kind of politics throughout the world, this is what it is. And we as Christians and as Christian scientists hold steadfastly to God is on the throne and no other government can reign but his. And experience has shown that those that think they can solve things with human ingenuity create more problems and more severe problems. And it, the, the, it never ends. This does never, it never resolves itself. It doesn't come to an end. The only thing that comes to a completion is, like Mary said, is through reliance on almighty god and know that there's something beyond this so-called developed human intellect that's far superior it's called the mind of god and it needs to be submitted to not contested with otherwise it just 
conflict after conflict, <laughs> more severe and more of them. That's it never it. ends. That's it. It reminds me of a, one of my friends once gave me a coffee mug many years ago. And on the coffee mug, it said, big government, if you think our problems are bad, wait until you see our solutions. They <laughs> <laughs> talk about the unintended consequences. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. So I'm going to have, this is something beautiful that Carrie sent me from an old Sentinel. Um, this, I'll have Gary read it. I was going to save it for the end, but it applies now about what the real government should be. Oh, okay. This is from... Uh, it's an old Sentinel. Old okay. Sentinel. The greatest dreamer this world ever saw was Jesus. He was no local prophet or parochial schoolmaster, much less was he a mere visionary or fanatic, but he was the prophet of humanity and savior of the world, who saw sanely into the heart of time and eternity. He had a vision of redeemed humanity compared with which all human dreams of conquest and empire, education and art, democracy and socialism are petty programs and futile schemes. He had a vision of a kingdom wide as the horizon, long as the centuries, lofty as the stars, white as the holiness, and strong as the omnipotence of God. This vision is now winning its victory over the world. It has come down through the ages, unhinging empires, and throwing the stream of the centuries into new channels, uprooting slavery, undermining political despotism, and putting the people into power, giving liberty of thought, and unshackling religion and giving freedom of worship. It is stopping war, breaking down international barriers of prejudice, and drawing and binding the nations into universal peace and brotherhood. It is ever penetrating more deeply our Christian civilization and healing its sores and solving its problems, and it is sending its light and life out over the world to dissipate its ignorance and superstition, cure its sins, answer its cry for the Father, and build all its kingdoms into the kingdom of our God and of his Christ. This ideal is the grandest and noblest vision that can touch our eyes with light and kindle our minds and hearts with aspiration and enthusiasm. Men may regard it as a fine fancy or foolish fanaticism, but it has in it the omnipotence of God. The stars in their courses are fighting for it. It is even now overcoming the world, and this vision will come to its final and glorious victory when the redeemed return to the heavenly city with songs and everlasting joy. Let us now share in the vision that we may also triumph in the victory. So that's it, right? That's what's going on. That's what's going on. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> right, Florence? What's the name of the article? 
Um, let's see now. I don't know if it had a name. It'll but, get posted. Yeah, it'll get posted. It was. Um, oh, I lost it now. It didn't. It didn't. It was. It said it was from the exchanges from our exchanges. It didn't have a name. Um, mm. it, but it'll get posted. It was from an old Sentinel, and uh, Carrie found it. So. Okay. I don't know. Carrie, do you remember where it I came mean, from? She's not on it. Where is she? <laughs> she's in California. California. <laughs> Contributions from James Snowden, Roland Sawyer, Harriet Russell. It's from a, a 1908 Sentinel. Okay. And we'll post it. Thank you, Linda. All right. Are we done with what you read? Now we'll go on. Well, and I just wanted to say a number three here, the rainbow around the throne, light is, is often used in the Bible to signify inspiration, intelligence, wisdom. And when a light goes through a prism, what do you see? All the colors. All the different colors, yes. This throne was the is the source of all light, yeah, indicated by indicated by the rainbow surrounding it. What does it require? What does Mrs. Eddy say about humility? Lens and prism. If we have humility, we will receive the light. That's a, a very telling uh, passage, the lens in prison. The lens enables you to focus on something. Have you ever had any difficulty focusing on a right idea and keeping it in mind? Well, what do you use that lens that enables you to focus? And the prism enables you to see all of the components of divine intelligence. And they are there because, after all, God's kingdom is within us. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. It's beautiful, yeah. Uh, there was another uh, reading that was from Tomlinson that they led us to uh, know and yes, um, where Mrs. Eddy writes, quote, Jesus came announcing truth and saying not only the kingdom of God is at hand, but the kingdom of God is within you. Hence, there is no sin, for God's kingdom is everywhere and supreme, and it follows that the human kingdom is nowhere and must be unreal. And quote. Oh, wonderful! That's <laughs> that great. Was, That's good treatment for yes, the secular stuff. Thank you. You know, Jasmine keeps em emphasizing Jasmine from Australia. The living of the Sermon on the Mount is mm. one that he said we could read it once a right. week, and it would it would answer all these questions. We wouldn't need a human government yeah. if everyone obeyed the Sermon on the Mount, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And realize right. the throne is occupied, so we don't have to fight over who's going to be this or that. Yeah. Heaven right here. It would be heaven right here if we lived the Sermon on the Mount. Yes, it would. And as we do, it is. It is heaven on earth. On one side, there will be science and peace. Claim that side for yourself. Yes. Don't get sucked into all the drama of the Adam dream. Okay, 
Are we going to read on, Bruce? Okay. Let's go move on to verse 4. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. I'm read the next one. Number five. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne which are the seven spirits of God. Okay. All right. All right. Got a lot going on here. Well, the, in, in the Hoyt says briefly, the, around the throne were 24 seats, which were a symbol of one authority, and the 24 elders seated symbolized the spiritual interpreters of authority which contribute to the understanding of the oneness of the one. They were protected by purity and ruled by, with power. And the 24 elders are the chat uh, in recapitulation, the 24 questions and answers, which, um, you know, talk about all, you know, God and, and, his, and so I thought that was, I don't think I ever knew that, but that was the symbol and then out of the throne, the seat of dominion came arousing calls to alertness. I further saw seven lamps as complete spiritual illumination before the throne. And I recognized them as the angels of his presence. Power, light, wisdom, truth, love, beauty, and life. And so, of course, seven symbolizes the seven synonyms for God. Yeah, that's cool. All all pointing to the oneness and allness and who God is, you know, because that's what this whole vision is about, is the spiritual sense discerning the truth of being, the truth about God. Yeah, yeah, Tomlinson said that. I never would have thought that 24 elders corresponds to the 24 questions and answers and recapitulation. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it is, because I think in studying that chapter, which is, that's the chapter that she said, you know, teaching, right? Teaching yeah. should be that that's, chapter. Yeah. So, that's what's used in the uh, class instructions and so on. Yes. Everybody uses and, that. And she wanted the students who were being taught to answer with the Bible and science and else. They were Their answers were to come from those two books. So I thought that was interesting too. That's, that's what she that's the quote that I read about her instruction to her the students who were teaching that that's what they were to do with they they were to be the questions they were supposed to answer those questions using the Bible and science and health. Right. And the elders are those who have the wisdom to teach. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and words, words of words wisdom. Say that. And, uh, the people of God. Mm -hmm. um, the, the elders are like the words therein. And these seven lamps, they were fire, burning, coming forth with lightnings and thundering. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are they burning? Purifying, really, right? Right. They're burning every false human belief that ever yeah. existed. 
burning them to a crisp. Yeah, when a human belief comes to you, you, you just say what Christ Jesus said to Herod or to Pilate. You have no power over me. It's not from God, and this is not from God. So you you have no power over me. Get thee hands, Satan. It really works if you say it with the authority of Christ. Um, and, and yeah, just to go back to that recapitulation, this is the importance of our of our textbook. I mean, we study that. This is what will give us the wisdom of the elders, so to speak, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. How often do you? recapitulation how often do you listen to the recording of it how often are you doing this and if, if it's not often let's make it more often because this this will give you the, the wisdom of the elders did do you have anything Linda from um, Tomlinson uh, no just exactly what uh, well actually I don't know well, if I do I'll let you know okay <laughs> This goes to show that this revelation is really talking about Christian science. Well, yes. And if it's not, is it any good? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's why we know, and that's why we know Mrs. Eddy was the woman in the apocalypse in the little book that she gives us. When I, when I first Tom, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it, uh, it says in Tomlinson, since you mentioned the seven lamps of fire burning before the throne are the seven synonyms for God. And then goes on further that the fires, that the, as, it, as Lawrence already mentioned, the fires, the fire burning, from the seven lamps of fire burning before the throne come the fires of purification. So it's a purified sense of principle, principle, mind, soul, spirit, life, truth, and love, the purified sense of it, not not anything material, but totally spiritual, all, all pointing to God and, and the prism, you know, sort of just revealing yeah. more of the completeness of God in those seven synonyms. Yes, that's why in that description of what was on the throne, they couldn't say anything material or, you know, they compared it to various stones and things, but that's because it is totally spiritual. You can't humanize God in any way. What, we, what did you want to say, Luann? Uh, I was thinking when I first started like reading the Bible and came into Christian science and things, and when I read Revelation, <clears throat> I read Revelation a long time ago when I was a kid, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was scared. I was scared this was going to happen in the world because I was taking it very literally. And then when I came into Christian science and, and was studying, I, I still didn't get it until I read what Tomlin had written in the interpretation and compared it with passages in science and health and other passages in the Bible. And then it's like all my fears of all that literally happening, like volcanoes and earthquakes and all, all that stuff. It just, it just like melted away because you know, my understanding was just, came to me last night actually <laughs> last night when i was laying in bed and i was reading that dominance again and it just hit me that it, it was compared to like when i first came into christian science and the, and the door opened and then you went through <laughs> baptism and the the sting of repentance and uh save or i perish it, it just all kind of made sense it, it like 
the way that uh, baptism, the three stages of baptism are explained in Pontus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Revisions. Right. So you get to the point where you're, you have your consecration with God. That is beautiful. Thank you mm-hmm. very much. I think that, you know, when Tom started out with this, he was a little um, scared of revelation. I think a lot of people are. Uh, that's why it's so good that we discuss it the way it is. Did Tom ever come on or is he missing in action? He is missing in action. Okay. All right. I I think, too, one of the things that I've really learned uh, recently more and more is that experience is not objective. It's totally subjective. So if we look at Revelation, it really is not going on. Nothing is going on anywhere but in consciousness. It's not going on outside of consciousness. And I think that's where the scariness comes from, is that we think this is all going to happen outside somewhere. It's going to appear as famous. But it's all going on within consciousness. And so, oh, okay, well, that I can deal with. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. That's what the dominion is within. Right, we are not victims. That's an important point. Yes. We are are not victims unless we, we willingly submit ourselves to the false beliefs. Yes. We have a choice. It's very helpful. Because otherwise it can be very daunting. Yes. Like what you said about the AI and and getting tricked by that, you know, you can get caught up into things, just like Nostradamus effect and and things like that, which you're just creating that with, with your thought instead of staying focused on the truth. Once you stay focused on the truth, then you can see through all that other stuff. That's wonderful, Luann. That's why Luann teaches in her pottery class <laughs> the truth. <laughs> <laughs> because she's an elder who understands we're all elders. Well, and let's clarify, AI stands for artificial intelligence, which mm-hmm. is an oxymoron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. True intelligence comes from the one mind God. Mm-hmm. And it's good. Artificial so-called intelligence is nothing other than a, than a human algorithm. It, it's a uh, fake. Well, it, it's an it's an you know it's a it's an algorithm. It's a uh, it's a human. Uh, Non-intelligence. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a human creation trying to imitate reality. Yeah, a bunch of zeros going up the screen. Yeah, all, all it can be is zeros. like mortal mind supercharged. Which I remember telling Shardell a long time ago. That just means it gets stupider faster. So. <laughs> right. And you know, I, you know, along these sometimes lines, I artifi- um, mortal mind is right out there. It, it doesn't know that it's doing it, but it will right out in front of you, show itself for what it is. One, I looked at the symbol. Uh, talking about, you know, artificial intelligence, I've always thought, oh my God, that was the first thing that came to me. This is an oxymoron. It's just showing itself. It has no artificial. What is that? You know, just, but I looked at the symbol of the medical and what is wrapped around the sword, but serpents. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's right out there. It's the, <laughs> the serpent. And I never, when I thought of it, oh my gosh, they've just, they're, they're just putting it out in front. Nobody really sees it that way. But boy, I thought I saw that serpent for the first time as what's this medical. I thought that's very interesting. 
that they use that symbol for the medical. <laughs> That's right. And that, that was in one of the churches of, of Revelation. Um, you all should watch that, those, those times of fire. Times of fire. They're two DVDs. They were really good. And they, they, they brought that out very clearly, didn't they? they? they uh, that was all made up at that time when they were not obeying God. And again, this brings out the emphasis on the seven synonyms, recapitulation, seven synonyms. We need to study them. We need to live with them. It's something to work with daily. All, you know, it's a powerful, powerful tool, and you're watching for yourself and for the world. This is Eddie's definition of God. Yeah. One last thing. AI is just a predictive uh, algorithm. And it's just based on past behavior. It tries to say what you're going to do, but it, it only God can really know you if you're listening to him. That's right. That's right. Thank you. Yeah, Jeremy, I mean, it's totally... Jeremy, please. He's been trying for a while. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've just been thinking a lot lately about this stuff and about how uh, Arthur C. Clarke, who was a science fiction writer, he had said that, um, any sufficiently advanced technology would appear as magic to like primitive people. And I think it's very important that in our life, if anything is unclear, that we get clear about it because that's a place where we could be hypnotized and tricked and all that stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the world and we cannot be blind to it. Yes, we must so. be clear. That's why we need to know what's in the textbooks and Bible. Gary? No, I mean that says you know it's this this AI thing algorithm is based on human observation, material observation, and it just tries to predict what material experience is going to continue to do. Yeah, and that's all. It, that's all it does. Our expectation has to be from the Lord, otherwise, as, as uh, Jeremy says, it, it's a rabbit hole. You keep. Yeah. <laughs> thinking all this stuff's going to happen, and it seems to happen in belief in the Adam dream. You're dreaming the dream. Don't dream the dream. Wake up from it. Shardell? Oh, no, I was just, you know, I, 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 this is wonderful. That's all. It, it really is. It is. It, it, I'm telling you, these are the best Bible studies that probably have ever, ever happened yeah. because they're based on Christian science, not just on blah, blah, blah. Okay, the next two, did we, did, did we do justice to we the two? Four and five. Yeah, we did justice. Oh, oh, Linda had something. No, we're going into it next, actually. I, it was the Lamb of God. I was just uh, saying it's really a counter to the AI because it's, they, they wept because no man was found worthy to open and read the book. And then it said, but we not. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah and the Root of David hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And that's the Lamb of God, and that's the only one that could open the, Thank you. the yes. book. And that's, that's what AI is trying to say they can, but it's not. It's only the Lamb of God. And then Mrs. Eddy has the definition of Lamb of God in glossary, which he refers to. Quote, Lamb of God, the spiritual idea of love, self-immolation, innocence and purity, sacrifice. End quote. Thank you. Beautiful. Wow. Which characterized. Jesus the Christ. Right. And which it can characterize us in our demonstration every day. Every day. This, this, we always, all these things have to apply to ourselves now, or otherwise it's, why bother? 
Okay, Garrett. Well, continuing, six. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion and the second beast like a calf. And the third beast had a face as a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within. And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So we've got a lot on there. Okay, we'll start with the sea of glass. Hmm. Well, Tomlinson has a beautiful, um, in his book, he, he talks about the four beasts and the, you know, uh, and the sea of glass, which is reflection. Um, this is the sea of glass and revelation is mingled with fire. It is a clear spiritual reflection and purification. Reference to purity and transparency. It is the clear reflection of the one enthroned, the one mind. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, thank you. There's nothing mysterious about truth, is there? No. No. It is pure. It is clear. Truth is truth. Yeah, Trap, someone named Trap said the word is to us as crystal glass, giving us a clear sight of God and of ourselves. So unlike era, which is darkness and mystery and confusion. Yeah. Darren, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the things of God are clear as crystal. There's no confusion. What is that song we sing? Clear as crystal. Mm -hmm. What is that? Proceeding out of the throne of God into the land. Fountain of life. Fountain of life. Yeah. The throne of God, clear as crystal. Mm -hmm. There we go. Yeah. The masterpiece of Frederick Root. Masterpiece. Right? Yeah. And one thing about crystal you know, here on Earth, when we have crystals, it forms a crystal because all of the molecules are in place and in order. And, you know, the stones and whatever are not clear when all of the molecules are mixed up. But when they're settled in order and ordered, you've got this krill crystal that's perfect. Yes. And everybody admires crystals, you know. Yes, it's true. I was just thinking, you know, we're attracted to things beautiful like yes. that because they represent God. Yes. And uh, it was Dale A. sent me this book about, was it water crystals, right? It was written by a right. Japanese man. And, and it said, when, you know, if, if you were, oh, you know, all upset oh, and, yeah. and fearful and everything and, and 
the water crystals, if you're near these crystals, they will get just like Bruce described, all jumbled up and blah, blah, blah. Um, while if you have a sense of peace and order and a, a godly sense, the crystals respond to that um, and become clear as crystal. Their shapes are beautiful mm -hmm. in the water glass. And that's true. We've been reading about, you know, Carrie sent me the hidden life of trees and all of these things. That's why it's so important that we keep our thought pure as crystal to keep everything around us that way as well because it feels our agitated thought. I explain that clearly. It's perfect. Clear as crystal. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Clear as crystal. <laughs> My mother would say, just like mud. Doesn't the crystal um, doesn't the crystal reflect um, a, like a prism with the light? Yeah. You hold a crystal up to the light, and that's a prism. Yeah. 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 And it's a clear transparency. Hmm. Yeah. The truth shines through without interference. And then these yeah. four things so, with all the eyes. So what are the four beasts all about? Yeah. About omniscience, omnipotence, omnipresence, mm -hmm. and, and omni-action. All four of those. It's, uh, but the calf is omniscience. Um, according to Tomlinson, the calf is omniscience. Um, the oxen were beloved animals. They were used so much throughout the scriptures. Um, oxen were very ever helpful. So that's omniscience, the man, man, omnipresence, man, spiritual activity is the expression of God's presence. The eagle, let's see, the eagle, like a flying eagle, um, stirred up her nest, fluttered a protection. And let's see, yeah, that's what. And the lion with strength, omnipotence. Thank you. So these are the things that protect us, that guard us. Yeah. And they're full of eyes so they can see everything there is to see, right? Yeah. Lovely, I know. It represents in this great intelligence, you know? Um, you're you're not when you're in that divine mind you yeah go back to the uh definition of god all knowing all seeing all acting all loving all wise all those things and, and the beautiful song that they sang at church about christ before us christ yeah. beside us christ mm -hmm. oh i love that <laughs> i've been singing that all week because it's so beautiful eyes all around us you know, when you work with a definition of mind for yourself and for the world, just know that there's nothing unseen. God knows it all. No, no, no thing operating in secret. Mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what you said, Karen. Omnipresent. Omnip omniscience. Omnipotent. Um, powerful. And those those animals do signify various qualities. Um, you know, the oxen sort of. It was a beloved animal and, and um, serving, serving, eagle, flying, hopping. Um, well, that was their primary farming animal. 
Yeah. Most, most people were yeah. farmers in those days, and the oxen pulled the plow. Without the oxen, they had a hard time farming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like James John trying to pull yeah. that thing. Exactly. Exactly. They spend all day doing it. An ox can have it done in half an hour, right? Yeah. But the oxes, it was steady and consistent, and obviously very strong. But the thing is that it just kept on doing what it had to do and did it faithfully. So there's much about an ox to be loved. Yes. And I'm sure yeah. they did. Yes, they, they did. did. And then again, the eagle and the... Um... And these four beasts had six wings. Yes. Just think about how mm -hmm. fast they fly with six wings. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like going someplace and say, oh, you're here. How do you know? <laughs> well... Omnipresence, exactly. Well, and the fact that they had wings meant that they could fly above the human obstructions, the human impediments that we put in, in front of ourselves to, to um, in other words, you, you don't, when, when error confronts you, you don't get down in the mud and wrestle with it. What do you do? You fly over right it. Above it. Yeah. Right above you clap your wings, your spiritual wings, and you fly above it. And the other thing about these four qualities is that they worked day and night. Mm -hmm. They are alert. 24-7. These are the qualities that we are the image and likeness of. And we must be equally alert 24-7. So they're asleep or awake. Exactly. They do not. And day and night saying, holy, holy, holy. Um, emphasized three-time repetition, and that brings me back to Florence's readings, right? Miscellaneous writings. Mm -hmm. Three times a day I retire to seek the divine blessing on the sick and sorrowing with my face toward the Jerusalem of love and truth in silent prayer to the Father, which seeth in secret. And it, it goes mm -hmm. on, but it's beautiful. Again, are, are we doing that? Turning our thought? We, we've given testimonies about how it used to be we would set our our watches, you know, uh, to beep every hour to make sure our bring our thought back to God, uh, make sure we hadn't drifted. Well, certainly we can do three times a day. Yeah. As yeah. Jesus, as Mrs. Eddie did. I love that. Holy, holy, holy. You know, and these four animals, as great and useful as they were, yet they gave glory, honor, and thanks to God. Yes. Yeah, and this is Sunday. I thought it was so beautiful from Spurgeon. Um, that You know, falling down on their knees before God. Um, knowing that we should worship God, or knowing angels should worship God, should prompt our worship also. Do we have any less to praise him or thank him for? Do we sing as much as the birds do? Yet what have birds to sing about compared with us? Do we sing as much as the angels do? Yet they were never redeemed by the blood of Christ. 
Birds of the air, shall you excel me? Angels, shall you exceed me? You have done so, but I intend to emulate you and day by day and night by night, pour forth my soul in sacred song. Virgin, holy song and happy saints. <laughs> and Trapp says, if we would have our soul set as a pearl in the fair ring of heavenly courtiers that compass the Lamb's throne, let us praise God as they do. So, and then, and then there, there was this, this was very beautiful, uh, Spurgeon's explanation of them casting their crowns before the throne. Um, there are no divided opinions in heaven, no sects and parties, no schisms there. They are all in perfect harmony and sweet accord. What one does, all do. They cast their crowns without exception before the throne. Let us begin to practice that unanimity. Unanimity. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> Christians, let us get rid of everything that would divide us from each other or separate us from the Lord. I do not read that there was a single elder who envied his brother's crown and said, ah, I wish I were such a one as he and had his crown. <clears throat> I do not read that one of them began to find fault with his brother's crown and said, ah, his jewels might be bright, but mine have a peculiar tint in them and are far greater in excellence. I do not read awed of dissension. They were all unanimous in casting their crowns at Jesus' feet. They were all unanimous in glorifying God. Spurgeon, and then... 24 elders worship God because of his creative power and glory. The fact that God, his creator, gives him all right and every claim over everything, even as a potter, has all rights and claims over the clay. So don't say what to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there was just such submission to God. Um, you know, no praise or glory for themselves. It's all about God. Spurgeon says again, because, um, because they represent all the people of God, the worship, the crown, the robes, the heart of these 24 elders belong to us also. There is a throne in heaven that no one can occupy but you, and there is a crown in heaven that no other head can wear but yours. And there is a part in the eternal song that no voice can ever compass but yours. And there is a glory to God that would be wanting if you did not come to render it. And there is a part of infinite majesty and glory that would never be reflected unless you should be there to reflect it. Amen. Amen. Vision one. Yeah. Are you going to post that, Mary? Are you going to post that on the... I'll give this all to Linda to post. Okay. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yes. So what a vision. I start out every time, oh, my gosh, what will we ever say about this? And then all the beautiful things. Thank you all. It's just beautiful. Yeah, thank you all. Yeah, thank you. Anyone else? Yeah, <laughs>
Yeah, thank you, Tom, wherever you are. <laughs> we, hope, we, hope, we hope he's not at the train station waiting for Gary to yeah. pick him up. <laughs> well, I was just thinking about the elders of the church. And the reason that they were elders is because they endured for some time. So we should give some consideration to what is it that is actually yes. enduring. enduring. You know, truth, justice, honesty, love, compassion. And we can go on for even more than 24 of them, I'm sure. <laughs> but they're out there. They are enduring, and they will ever be with us. And it makes the enduring a joy. It's not some drudgery. You know, it's a mm -hmm. joy. Keep going on. Keep, keep, keep our joy and keep our gratitude and keep yeah. on keeping on. Yeah. And Mrs. Eddie says, the bliss of loving unselfishly. Yeah. <laughs> don't have to do this. We get to do this. We, yeah, yeah, we thank are. you. We get to do this. What an honor it is. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you for a wonderful yeah. Vision One. Thank you. 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 Thank you.